This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to episode 25 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. I am your ratchet host, Troy McKeady. And uh, I have another very special friend here with me today who you will recognize from our Ashley and Wilma episode. My friend Christina Lasquez is here, friend of the Facebook group, friend of everybody's. Christina, introduce yourself. Hi. Well, you just did it for me. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> friend of everybody. That's my name. Not true. That's not true, though. And you did. You said my name like pretty right. It's Lasquez, right? Yeah, you're putting a lot of, like, emphasis on the K, but yeah, I mean, you got it right. Last day. You did it. I put a lot of emphasis on letters that just generally, like, that don't deserve emphasis. Um, I've got a little bit of a, like, in certain words, like, like last A is a word that gives me, like, a Drew Barrymore tone to my, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just naturally sort of comes out. I can't help it. Well, that's not just you. First of all, Lasky isn't a word, and that's the problem, is, like, people have no idea what to do with their mouths. And some people say Lasky, which I really appreciate. Like, they're giving me a lot of credit. But, um, <laughs> but you did – no, you did good. I, you also – you often talk about how you don't know how to say words, but then you say them perfectly. Okay, so, so it's I just an L in like, my head? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, things are, so it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about uh, Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder. Um, Glory be to you. You came up with this idea, and I'm, like, very excited about it. My notes are very, like... um, they're very respectful. Like I'm, I, I really like this couple, and I really love them together. And like, there's this part of me that hopes that they will, like, somehow get back together or something. I don't know. I just, I love them, and like, you know, I, I guess we have to like put our feelings about 2017 Johnny Depp aside to talk about him with like, <clears throat> I don't know, the love of that we had for him well, in the 90s kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, yes. Like, yes, totally. Um, but I have a lot of mixed feelings about Johnny Depp at this point because doing research, I actually came across, like, several instances of just very insidious behavior that I'm really excited to get into. Um, so I don't know if it's just 2017 Johnny Depp. I think it's going to be always Johnny Depp, and we're, we're just glamoured by his beautiful face. Um, oh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to explore all avenues of how I feel about him. Okay. With you. Well, that's exciting. It makes me really excited. I like that you have a more salacious, uh, you have like an inner, like, you know, uh, um, what's the, uh, what's the name of the, what's the most like, salacious tabloid? Oh my God. I mean, oh, you know what? Probably the whole, um, what's her face being murdered by Christopher Walken and the other guy on the boat. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. What's her name? What, what's her with me? Yes, yes. Natalie yes. Watt. No. You, you, <laughs> Natalie I'm like, called Natalie, like what? she's like Natalie my good friend. <laughs> you, you mean Nat? Yes. I think that's like the most. Natty Nat? 
Yeah, no, that's the most salacious one I could think of off the top of my head. That's pretty good. You have like a salacious like set of notes over there, and I have like this like I want to suck Johnny Depp's dick set of notes. It'll be funny to hear them be combined. I mean, to be clear, I have both. <laughs> I need both in my life. Like I'm a Libra, I need balance. It's important to me. <laughs> well, I guess we can start by like, what are your, what were, what are your feelings about this relationship? How does it make you feel? What did you think about it when it was happening? I mean, did did you love it? Did you hate it? Like, what are your thoughts just initially? I mean, I lo- I definitely loved it. I I'm pretty. I mean, you're younger than I am. I think we were like little children when this was going on. So I don't know how aware I was of it at the time. But I mean, I love her. I love him. I love them together. They're both like, so beautiful in that like dirty 90s way that is just everything to me and I mean I, I do love them together it makes me wonder what the world would have been like if they just stayed together because Trump probably wouldn't be president you know like things yeah. would be different things would be different in the world if they didn't if they didn't call us off um, so you know I, I'm I have a, a strong love for the two of them together and it seemed like they were really honestly truly in love and she was like his yeah. first, you know he was her first boyfriend you know, she lost her virginity to him. I don't know if we're there yet, but that's a thing that happened. <laughs> uh, it's very cute. It's very no. cute. It's a little inappropriate. Uh, she was like 17 when they started dating, but, um, but it's still really sweet. I mean, like, the thing about this podcast is that I do really enjoy talking about, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I am a fucking trash box. Like, I'm a trash box hooker. So I love talking about, like, the Brigitte Nelson and Flavor Flames of it all. Like, I could talk about that shit for, like, hours. But there is this other, like, side of this that I really do enjoy talking about the couples that were actually, like, in love and really seemed like, you know, I mean, this was a relationship that felt very, like, real on both parts and... You know, I think that it definitely changed them as people, and I don't know. I I feel like they are both like, but they're both. They both seem like after it happened, they were sort of like lesser versions of themselves. Like a little tiny piece of whoever they were got like chipped away in this relationship, and I don't know if that ever yeah. really came back. No, I completely agree. I mean, they uh, Johnny Depp like at a certain point just stopped doing normal movies and like only did mask work and like accent play, and it got really mm-hmm. it's it's got it's gotten bad. And so I think that this was like the the, the height of vulnerability for Johnny Depp, and I don't know if he ever was as vulnerable as he was um, then ever again. Oh, should I announce before we get into it that we're both drinking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a giant, like a literal giant wine glass of vodka soda, and then I have a Coors Light on hand. For one <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking, so I live like up the street from like a string of bars, and instead of going to the gas station, sometimes I'll just like, or like a liquor store, I'll just like walk up the street and buy beer from the bar and walk it home. And uh, <laughs> Wow. I didn't even know they let you do that. Yeah, I mean, the thing it's is, like is that it's, like, it's exp- it can be expensive, though, because they charge you bar price for, be- like, they'll charge you, you know, the bar price for beer. So, you know, you could pay, like, 20-something dollars or, like, $30 for, like, a six-pack of beer, which is, like, completely ridiculous. But, um, so when I go do that, I just get PBR because PBR is so cheap anyway that it ends up being, like, you know, $6 or $7 or something altogether. So I'm literally, I have a six pack of 
tall PBRs. As I mentioned earlier, yeah. I am a trash box hookah, and that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> I feel like you're really judging PBR so hard. I mean, I love PBR. Just so you know, in Los Angeles, a PBR at a bar is like 4 to 5 to $6. So you're sitting pretty with your... Fuck, man. Like dollars for six. <laughs> <laughs> a PBR here is like specific, no more ever than like two dollars, and if it is, people will be incredible. Like, That's like happy hour prices here. Looks well, like maybe if you go to a good happy hour, you can get a two dollar PBR, but probably not. <laughs> so, I'm impressed. I guess, uh, yeah, I just wanted to announce that so that when things towards the end of this podcast, like, I may be crying at the end of it, I don't know. Who knows? We oh both God, be, like, so. in tears. This is going to be like a Marin or like a Barbara Walters. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be interviewing me and asking me Barbara Walters questions. Yeah, I would like, love that. So, yeah, like what your childhood is like and... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm down. Let's do it. Did <laughs> he hurt you? <laughs> I know. Okay. So. I love you. <laughs> I'm super excited. Okay. So, Selma and Johnny dated from September of 1989. They got engaged on July, in July of 1990, and they broke off their engagement in June, of June, in June. It's already starting off so well, in 1993. Um, <laughs> this was technically Winona's first, like, real, you know, like, heartfelt, all-in, lost her virginity, like, relationship. Like, she was a little girl, basically. Um, he's 10 years older than her. Yeah, she, and, was, seven, she was 17 when they met. Like, she was a, a baby. And I don't know why nobody yeah. cared. Nobody thought that was a big deal at all. Nobody really gave a shit about the fact that he was... Like, kind of creeping on, like, a, a little girl. <laughs> it's, like, weird, kind of. I think because, one, it was the 80s, and, like, no one cared about anything. But, two, I think, like, when you're a child actor and you're, like, working with adults and you have, like, a real life and you're not in high school, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's just a different air about, you know, how you are and how you behave and who you're who you're spending your time with, you know? I think that might be why no one made a big deal out of it. But, yeah, it's, it was jarring. Like, I don't think I realized she was so young. Yeah, and plus Winona is just one of those people that's, like, never really been young. Like, even when she was young, she was a 40-year-old yeah. woman. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Um, I mean, like, before him, there was, like, rumors of little rumblings of, like, makeouts and guys that she had been photographed with, like, Rob Lowe and, like, Robert Downey Jr., um, just, like, Christian random Slater. people. Christian Slater. Like, random guys that at the time, like, every single girl was hooked to who was, like, a young, like, 20-something or 17-something in Hollywood. Um, but, yeah, this was her first her first true love. And they met at the film premiere for Great Balls of Fire, and they began dating a couple months after. And um, it was reported, I don't know, that I read a couple different reasons as to why they broke up. Um, one of them being that, you know, her parents weren't necessarily like totally comfortable with her getting married having just turned 18 to like a 28 year old guy even though they liked him so i read that her parents had a lot of involvement in them not being together interesting i didn't really see much about why they broke up i do want to really fast go back to the fact that they met at the premiere of great balls of fire which is a movie about um, Jerry Lee Lewis and his 13-year-old wife. So <laughs> <laughs> literally a movie about that, and then she out, she ended up in 
in that type of a situation in real life. I just thought that was kind of interesting. And I think everyone should go watch that, and I kind of want to watch it again now. Literally, I'm not kidding you. I watched so many clips of it on YouTube. Like, I haven't seen it in a million years. Um, yeah. From, like, doing this, and I was like, fuck, I gotta watch that movie. Yeah, I want to watch it, too. Come over. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get PBR drunk off my $2, my $2 beers. Oh, my God. You'll have to bring them on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be a problem. No problem. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so they... And, well, did you hear about their first date? Because I love that their first date. Can we talk for a second? Yeah, actually, I'm... Okay. <laughs> There's so many fucking things that I want to say. Like, first of all... I know that it's, like, weird to, like, it's creepy that she was literally underage, and I understand that. But I think that we have to come, we have to come with this from a place of just accepting what that was. Like, what I had to do with Courtney Stodden, you just kind of accept what it was. And I thought, like, he was very, like, respectful in the way that he, like, courted her. None of it ever seemed, like, creepy or anything. If anything, she was, like, the aggressor because he was so shy, and I just thought that was super cute. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that this was like peak good goodness, Johnny Depp time. Like, I think it just went dark after this. But I agree. It sounded like it was sweet. And he was a kid, and she was a kid. And even though he was older, I think they had the same like intellectual capacity. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. And the same sort of um, the same sort of perception of Hollywood at the time, and like what they wanted to do, and what they did want to do, and what they wanted to be a part of, and vice versa, and how they wanted to be perceived. Like, I think that they just sort of were like white knuckling it through being these like it, like it stars at the time and not really wanting to be kind of thing. Like they had this sort of same, it was just the perfect match. They were literally a match made in heaven. I agree. And like nineties is for heaven. Well, and I think like it should be noted too, that she, she was pretty big at this time because she'd already done Beetlejuice, but he like, wasn't that he was really only famous from 21 jump street at this point. Like he wasn't like the Johnny Depp that we think of, you know what I mean? Like he was kind of building his career at this time. So it really struck me as like not a public publicity type of relationship, like a real, I like you, you like me, you are both beautiful. Like, let's do this. Well, do you want to start with uh with Winona? Because why would you not start with Winona in a situation like this? Yeah. So, well, do you want to talk about her um her past up until this point? Yeah. Let's talk about like what was going on with her at this time, and like your. I just want to know like your thoughts on Winona. Maybe your favorite Winona okay, movies. Well, like, let's just like fully get into and get into it. Oh God, my favorite Winona movies. There's like so many. I mean, Heather's Reality Bites, Beetlejuice, uh, fucking Edward Scissorhands, which they were in together when they were like peak in love. Um, the thing that I found interesting in researching Winona Ryder is that so her parents are like authors, editors, publishers, and mm-hmm. her her godfather is Timothy Leary, who essentially you know invented acid more or less. And she came from, like, a very intellectual, hippie type of environment. And um, she, when she was seven, they moved to a commune called Rainbow in Mendocino. And she lived with seven other families on a 300-acre ranch with no electricity or television. And so she never even saw movies until her mom played a movie on their family's barn. And that's when she decided that she wanted to be an actress. Um, so when they were 10, they moved out of that commune. When she was 10, they moved out of that commune and to Petaluma, California. And on her first day of school, 
she was beat up by a group of people because they thought she was an, an effeminate boy. Um, so she left school, was homeschooled for a year. And then when she was 12, she started going to like an acting school in San Francisco. So I feel like knowing all of that about her is super interesting to me. Like she is a little adult, you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. think that she ever like, and then she started working like at 14, she was starring in Lucas, which was her first movie. And so I feel like she had this very kind of, interesting upbringing a lot of intellectualism she was really into the book the catcher in the rye which like johnny depp was into of course and that's like how they bonded um, <laughs> so i thought that was really interesting um that that's kind of where she was coming from as a child that like she, i don't think she could relate to people her own age which is another reason why their age difference really doesn't bother me very much um yeah. So, yeah, so so at this point, she had been in, like, a handful of movies. She was in Lucas, she was in um, Beetlejuice, and she was in Heathers already. So she was, like, her star was on the rise. You know, she was she was getting it in right from the beginning. Um, and he, like I said, had really just done, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and, like, 21 Jump Street and Platoon. And that was kind of it. Especially about, you know how I feel about an it girl. Everybody knows how much I love, like, studying it girls <laughs> at this point. And like, the thing that I love about this specific time in her life, like, kind of right before meeting him, was that she was, like, definitely in that sort of, like, sweet spot as far as being, like, an ingenue and, like, beautiful. And everybody was, like, totally interested in, like, what she would do next. And she had proven herself as an actress. And, like, she was known, you know as a child as being this sort of like prodigy actress that was like so great and you know obviously dating him only added to the public sort of obsession with her but like the thing yeah. that i think is so interesting about her and i don't i haven't really even gotten to talk about an eight girl like winona before because it just hasn't come up but like if there's one thing that hollywood loves more than like a classic beautiful like charming on paper sort of like julia roberts it girl is like a quirky, interesting it girl, like the quirky girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? That ends yeah. up becoming like a like, big star. Where people try to act like she's not the prettiest girl you've ever seen, but she totally is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, you're so yeah. unique. And she's like, really like, you know, she did have an extremely unique upbringing and like, but all of that, like that whole narrative just sort of adds to like the storyline for her and like Hollywood loves that whole thing you know what I mean of like okay. like you're so weird and, and quirky and different and like you know she's the quintessential like st you know like I'm not sexy but I'm also a, like a sex symbol but like I don't want to be don't look at me I'm weird kind of thing like yeah and I, totally. I love that totally. I love that kind of it girl and she's she's got those like big eyes that you just put everything that you're feeling into and I yeah. heard her on um, Marin once and she was like, she's so aware of the fact that she, a lot of the times isn't even acting. She's just opening her eyes really wide and like people <laughs> pour, pour their own heart and soul into her eyes. Like that was amazing. And she's like, I'm literally thinking about grocery shopping, you know, and uh, everyone thinks I'm a genius. It's amazing. It's like her face is just like amazing to watch. I love watching her. She yeah, is. With her crazy eyes. <laughs> oh my god, I love her crazy eyes even more. I love her like I know her like neurotic, shaky hands, big expressive. <laughs> she's just so good. I love her so much. Like it adds to you know the yeah, fact that she is like an incredible actor just makes it even better. Yeah, for sure. 
kind of anymore. She also too came out during a time in the eighties when it was just like all of Hollywood was like bleached and tan and blue eyed and like just so like you know like the eighties version of like what a Reese Witherspoon is and she was this like fair skinned dark haired big like dark eyed sort of like not typical yeah. Hollywood girl that everybody was just like, it's what Hollywood needed at that time. And I think all of that just kind of got projected onto her as being like the one different girl out of everybody at that time. Yeah. Well, and, and him too. I mean, I think that like the eighties were a very blonde tan time and that's like kind of what the aesthetic was. And I think both of them, both Johnny and Winona kind of came in and, even though they're both obviously model beautiful, they had this interesting thing that had the, they both appeared to be very deep and intelligent, whether that's true or not is, you know, we'll figure out in this podcast. Um, you know, I think that like, I think that they both kind of served that same purpose weirdly for the generation at the time. It's kind of interesting. that It's like the Britney and Justin of brunettes or something. No, it really is. It's like a couple that defines like a generation of people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I agree. I mean, it defines me, and I'm not even of generation, but like, you know, it is 100% my aesthetic. <laughs> no, for sure. Absolutely. Johnny and Winona. Yeah. I also I want to talk a little bit more, too, about specifically about Heather's, just because it was the movie that she had done, like, right before. It was, like, you know, her last sort of, like, pre Johnny staple yeah. as, like, a, a young it. And, like, Heather's just means so much to me i really i truthfully i don't even know if i could really put into words like i don't know if an hour is enough time to really describe like what that movie means to me and like honestly what it should mean to everybody like if you are somebody who likes clueless or mean girls or like jawbreaker or like any of those movies like you you have to single-handedly thank heathers as being like the start of that specific kind of film yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I definitely dressed as a Heather with my friends on Halloween uh, not that many years ago. <laughs> it's like a very, very important movie uh, to me. It's like I'm a writer, and that that is like my style. That is my 100% my style. That like dark comedy, tongue-in-cheek, meta. I love it. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Did you know that uh, Stanley Kubrick was supposed to direct Heather's? What? No. Could you imagine a world? I guess, well, he wasn't, he never really, like, wanted to, but, uh, Daniel Waters, the guy that wrote the movie, like, he wrote it specifically so that Kubrick would direct it, just hoping, like, if he begged enough, he would do it, and he begged him for, like, months and months and months and months to do it, and, like, nobody ever responded to him, so he just, like, moved on, but, like, the movie was written specifically so that Stanley Kubrick would direct it. Oh, my God, I love thinking about that. I, like... I'm gonna need to like think about that. I know. <laughs> I'm, like, really, oh. I'm really into that. Yeah, I love that. Well, when I wrote that, I was like, whoa! Like I felt like I like fell back into like a time warp, and like all this, I was like spiraling. Like my on my mind just started thinking about like how different that movie would be, how different the world would be, all the weird like I started thinking yeah. <laughs> like all the weird like symbolism that would have come up in Heather's, and it would have turned into this whole like crazy thing about like all these different things that mean so much more than just what the movie was supposed to be about it just would have been such a weird what a weird world we'd live in if that had happened 
It's interesting because it does make me realize that there are probably a lot of movies like that that we don't even know that people wrote thinking Stanley Kubrick should direct this. Like so many movies of our childhood where like the screenwriter is like smoking and like coked up, like this is going to be, Sam's going to love it. Uh, Yeah, wow, that's that's incredible. I love that. I know. I also read too that... uh, I also wrote too that uh, Heather Graham was supposed to, she was supposed to play uh, like the middle Veronica. Uh huh. No, the middle like, Heather, you mean? Or after sorry, Veronica? Veronica, no. She was supposed to be the middle Heather, I mean. Sorry. The, the and, like Lisa Kudra looking one, the yellow one? The yellow one, yes. The or, one that's like kind yeah, of okay. not there, but there at the same time, like just kind of yeah. like the basic that's, one. By the way, that's the one I was for Halloween. <laughs> the yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like everybody has. <laughs> that's, that's like classic. <laughs> you know, she was supposed to play. Uh, she was supposed to play her, and um, her parents wouldn't let her because the movie was so dark that they were like, "You're not fucking being anywhere near this movie." So she was like actually like cast to be in the film, um, and then they switched. They switched her role. They were like, "Well, she can play." Veronica and like no they Heather or not Heather but uh Winona wasn't even like tied to it yet and they're like she'll play Veronica and then she agreed to that and her parents were like no still no not gonna happen well I'm kind of glad that that didn't happen to be honest with you that would like Heather's would be horrible if Heather Graham was Veronica like that would have been would have been president even sooner (laughs) that's my barometer for everything (laughs) I know Would have been Trump's in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. That, oh, my God. You know what? That would have probably been fun. Yeah, it would have made more sense, at least. Yeah, it would have. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, no, that's... I didn't know that about... I did not know that about Heather's. And I know that she had, like, a little bit of a fling with Christian Slater during the filming of that, which, like, how can you not? I mean, um, low. But I'm, I'm proud she didn't give him her, her V-card. I'm proud she waited till Johnny. Strong girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, she looks a bad boy. I will say this is for later, but, like, I did deep dive into who she dated after Johnny, and, like, the girl has some good fucking taste, let me tell you. Oh. She has dated some doozies. Her list of men that she's dated is, like, it puts, truthfully, everybody's to shame. Everybody. Everybody. I. No, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's like, I was, like, doing that, and I was like, is that true? Like, are you kidding? This person, this person? Like, wow, I would, I mean, she's got, her and I are on the same taste board, I think. <laughs> she's she's killing it. She's playing the game. Or she's yeah. just playing the game. She at least had a little bit, like, even if they didn't have sex, she had had, like, these little flings or, like, rendezvous with, like, every sought-after man from each decade. Yeah, and all the good musicians. <laughs> including Adam. <laughs> including Adam. Shout out to uh, Ryan Bailey, Always. his number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do it even justice. <laughs> it has to come from Ryan's. It's got to come from Ryan's vocal cords. It's just like the perfect Caitlyn Jenner voice. Um, it's so good. <laughs> well, another I, thing. Oh, well, no. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. What were you saying? Uh, no, I was going to move on to Mermaids because that's another movie that I'm like is a big one for me, and that was oh, when yeah. they started dating. Is when she was doing Mermaids. 
Let's talk about mermaids for a second. <laughs> I mean, that talk about like a movie that influenced everything about me. Like that movie is <laughs> so special to me. I'm serious. It's everything. It's like that movie is like what I want. Like I sometimes when I look at movies like that or when I think about movies like mermaids, I'll think about how like youthful like the youth especially like youth gays like they don't like know anything about like share and it just like kills me. like you know what i mean like they don't know like share why would they why would they, why would they? unless they're like yeah. on youtube yeah. but they don't know share yeah right. know madonna wow. oh god that's a hard hard realization for me I know. Um, what do they have? They have Gaga and they have Britney. They barely know. I mean, young gays barely know Britney. Like, you should seriously. Who do they if know? You, Who do they know? They, they know like. I mean, I guess Gaga is like their generation of um of pop stars. Like, and like and like Taylor and Katie. Like Beyonce. Oh my god, that's so sad. I mean, of course Beyonce is a legend, but and not have any Madonna or Cher in your life seems like such a sad life. Have you no can, idea who Judy Garland is. Oh, oh that's God! Mumble jumble to them. They have no. Those were just like letters. None of them means anything. <laughs> <laughs> if you can stomach it, you should seriously like go on BuzzFeed and watch. Like I just watched one last night. It's like kids in high school um, listening to Genie in a Bottle and Baby One More Time and trying to figure out who it is. No. And it made me want to literally throw my head through a window and like shatter my head. Like I was like, I want to die today. Like I don't want to live anymore. Oh God. Well, first of all, when you first started your sentence and you said, I don't know if you can stomach it, but you should go on. I thought you were going to say grinder and, <laughs> and see what was happening. And I was like, okay, like actually I'm kind of down for that. Um, no, you should check the catfish profile and just check out what's happening in gay youth culture. <laughs> God, Christina, get woke. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I really might do that. Actually, look, if you do that, please just screenshot everything that you discover and send it to me. I would love to see it. I will. Um. Stay tuned. And just a picture of Johnny Depp, and they'll, they'll have no idea. They'll just be like, oh, this, this guy's hot. <laughs> but it's got to be like Twink Johnny. It's got to be like... Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny. Well, that's what I mean. He's he's unrecognizable now. Like if you just know now Johnny Depp, you would like have a conniption fit if you see hot, sexy twenty-year-old Johnny Depp. God have uh, mercy, fucking props, Johnny. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh my god, smoking like like hair fluffing his face. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was such a good era for men's hair. The 90s, like, can we talk about that? Like, like obviously take out the full house of it all, like the mullet of it all, but that sexy, like, high 50s hair, but then it kind of flops for, oh my God, okay. And first of all, more <laughs> 90s men, first of all, invented, like, ombre. Johnny Depp, like, invented ombre. Oh my God, you're right. I never even thought about it. Like, 90s hair. Especially, like, guys like Johnny that would, like, just run their hands through it and let it fall where it falls. And, like, it would just perfectly sort of fall wherever it wanted to go. And it would just be, ugh, so good. That's beautiful. Mwah. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> well, should we just talk about Johnny Depp now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, well, since we're kind of going back to the early life, 
I thought it was interesting that Winona is, she's an older sibling. She has one younger brother, but she feels very only child to me. And I say that as an only child, so there's no shade. It's it's a compliment. But Johnny is the youngest of four. He's like, so we're we're putting together the oldest of two with like hippie intellectual parents. And then the youngest of four born in Kentucky, his mom was a waitress. His dad was a civil engineer. Um, They, um, moved around. They lived in 20 different places throughout his childhood and they eventually settled in Florida, which like the kids that move to different cities and states their entire childhood are so fucking interesting to me because you have to develop these people skills and like mm-hmm. these like new people skills everywhere you go constantly, you know, throughout your life. So you really learn how to like see what people need, see what they want, how to deal with them, how to get what you want. It could be called manipulative, but I don't think, I feel like that's kind of a negative word for it, but I think you kind of have to learn how to be a chameleon and like be what people need you to be in whatever setting you're in. And so I feel like that's very apropos for Johnny and like who he is and where he comes from. Um, And then his parents, they settled in Florida. His parents got divorced when he was 15, which is, so dark because that is the worst possible age that I think your yeah. parents can get divorced. And then a year later, he dropped out of high school to become a rock musician, of course. And he tried to go back to school two weeks later, but his principal told him not to bother and to follow his dreams. Oh are so dark. <laughs> Good education, so, son. Yeah, I'm the principal of a high school, and I'm telling you, like, don't worry about it. You're so pretty that, like, you should just go off and do that. And you know what? To the principal's credit, he wasn't wrong. I mean, um, when you're right, you're right. Yeah, when you're right, you're right. When you're when you're an educator, you just know. So he was in a band called The Kids, and they were doing really well. They moved to L.A. They changed their name to Rock to the Angels, which, like, oops. And then in 1983... He married Lorraine Allison. So he got married very young. And she was the sister of the band's bass player. And she was a makeup artist for movies and TV. She introduced him to Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage is the one who told him that he should be an actor. And that's kind of like how it started popping off. And she was older, right? She was like an older woman, right? I think she was. Yeah, that, that tracks. I think she was older. Damn. Like, the fact that he, like, just, like, went and got married when he was, like, I don't know. I don't have his birth year here, but I feel like, yeah, he was pretty young. Like, maybe 21 or something when he got married. And also, like, you saying that he, like, moved around, like, the whole theory of, like, Mm -hmm. the way that it develops your personality when you move around a lot when you're younger is so true. And for him, it's, like, it just really aligns everything because it also, like, gives you this sort of, like, emotional independence where like you're you don't like need people like Johnny Depp is somebody that I could see happily never speaking to another person again for the rest of his life and not in like a cruel way but just sort of like I don't need people like he's totally comfortable just like being himself like by himself yeah and I mean that kind of lifestyle really teaches you that people are you know Dispos- like not disposable, but they're one's permanent in your life. Like yeah. people will come and they will go. They will serve a purpose. What can you get out of it? What can you give? Like you know, it's transactional. And I think that you form relationships with this with a different type of 
intensity and a, a willingness to kind of let it go if need be. And I think that like I see that pattern with him a lot that he, you know, I, I, I could totally see him just completely cutting you out of his life if he if you're not serving whatever he needs you to be serving. You know, and I think that's really interesting. You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. you got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, You'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week the excitement never ends download june's journey now on your android or ios device or play on pc through facebook games